Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated by the obstacles you face? Well, you're not alone. The Resiliency Ninja is here to help. Allison Graham is a speaker, author, and business coach. But most importantly, she's on a mission to give you tools to succeed in times when it feels like life sucks. Now, here's your host, Allison Graham. Welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja podcast. I'm Allison Graham, and we are here to uncover the stories of stress, obstacles, and adversity behind the public success story. Now, I am your host, as I mentioned, Allison Graham, and I'd love to hear from you. You can always reach me at r-ninja.com, and you can also get all the information to connect with today's guest, JJ Flazanes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Allison. Am I saying your last name right? Yes, you said it perfectly. All right, awesome. I practiced before we did this. <laughs> uh, all right, so now people may already recognize you. If they have ever stood in a grocery store lineup and looked through one of those shape magazines, fitness, muscle, all of these incredible fitness hers, elegant bride, women's health, like you've been in all the big magazines, it seems like, as a fitness expert, an empowerment strategist, is what I understand. Is that, that's what you call yourself, right? Like an empowerment strategist? Yeah, that's kind of what it's grown into. Personal trainer isn't enough because personal trainer just means fitness and exercise to most people and sometimes food. And what I do is so much more than that and so much deeper than that. And so what it really came down to was empowering people in every area of life. So using both the idea of conscious mind and emotions and empowerment and getting out of victim mentality all the way to what strategist, that's more like the left brain strategic aspect of once you uncover the emotional things, what do you do on the strategic side? Because you need a plan. It's not just, oh, I have an awareness. Now what? I have to fix it. So that's usually where the strategist comes in. Very cool. And I do want to just let listeners know that at the end of this, we're going to give you a link and an opportunity to connect with your 30-day manifestation challenge, which is with the losing weight. And I think it, it, from what I understand, so I'm registering for this. It really is about both, right? It's not, you can, like you just said, you can't have one without the other. So the 30 day manifestation challenge started as a way to hold myself accountable as everything that works in my life does. Anything that I want to do, I do it for me. And then if I share it, I find that that's usually the most popular thing that I'm offering people is whatever I'm interested in. They go, oh, I want that too. So I created this free challenge to hold myself accountable. And I invited people who listen to my show to join it for free, to be held accountable to doing the practices daily that need to be done basically to get you into a state of receiving. So the highest vibrational frequency that you can be in for whatever it is you're trying to manifest, whatever it is you want to have more of in your life. So it could be anything from money to a relationship, to love, to health, to releasing weight. It really doesn't matter what the subject is. It just matters that you're in alignment with it in an emotional state and that you actually do believe it and that your actions support that. So because it does take action sometimes to get you into that, whether it be meditation or journaling, there's lots of different ways that I, I wanted to hold myself plus other people accountable to actually spending the five, at least five minutes a day, it can be more, but at least five minutes every day for 30 days to get the momentum going. So I love this, how you're like, okay, I've got to hold myself accountable. And I often wonder if the most successfully, you know, appearing people in health and fitness and wellness and manifestation and all of that, like, is it ever tough for you? Or is this something that is just your natural set point? And 
you want to exercise and you want to eat healthily. Like, are there ever days where you go out and like eat a big plate of nachos? So it is not uh, always easy. In fact, I've been going through some life transitions myself for the last, oh, let's see, probably started, really started things moving in April. So we're now at maybe three months of a, a big, big life transition. And so there hasn't been a solid foundation for me of exercise or of eating the way that I normally do. I've been traveling a lot. And again, there's just been a lot of upheaval and transformation and change. So during those times of change, when you're trying to find your balance in a new way, it's not easy at all. So my routine has been obliterated. I'm trying to get it back. I'm trying to create a new routine. And and a year and a half ago, when I started this challenge, I recognized that while I know I can do the work, in fact, I created a lot of the work for people to do, I wasn't even doing it myself, not consistently. I do it when I was in a state of negativity. I do it when I recognized that I was not helping myself and that my, my momentum was in the opposite direction. So I'd say, okay, time to like do the work. But really, if we get out ahead of it and you're proactive about it, it's easier to keep up that positive momentum than it is to slow down the negative momentum. So I, I mean, that's why I created this group was to help myself. In fact, I did a test group back in 2006 with a small group of friends to see how it would go for me and them. And they liked it. And then I opened it up to my listeners in January of 2017. And and it's been amazing. And I've even manifested some amazing things myself. So again, is it hard? Of course. That's why we need to keep ourselves accountable in some way for all the different things that we want to accomplish. It's not as easy as knowing these things. In fact, I've got an event coming up in September and my events have been centered around the integration. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to do it on a regular basis. So how do we integrate this knowledge and these beliefs and this stuff that we want to live in our lives on a daily basis? How do we actually live it and just not learn it and go, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then never do <laughs> Right. You know, it's funny because the best ideas, I find the ones that when we're down and we're having the trouble that bring back our positive momentum and our positive juju, those very things that we do, whether it's, as you say, like meditation and exercise and all of that, as soon as we're feeling great, we forget and we don't do it anymore. Like I'm guilty of this. I, my friends and I, we joke about this all the time. It's like, you know, you took the vitamin B or whatever your multivitamin and now you feel great. And then you stop taking it. Why do you think we do that? Like, is that a left brain, right brain thing? Or is it just a natural human tendency to shoot ourselves in the foot? Well, I think that we're really painful aware of what we need when we're lacking things, which is a great starting place to be aware of what you need. The next step becomes into integrating it into your life without having to need it or it just being part of your regular life. Now, I'm not saying that it's it's routine and that there's some kind of trick that always makes that happen. We're human. I mean, I take probiotics every day, but when I travel, I don't take them with me because I take a dairy-free kind that I need to refrigerate. And I don't really like the ones over the counter that don't need to be refrigerated, even if they're dairy-free free. I haven't really found one yet that I love. So I don't really have any in a travel bag or anything that I can use. So that's something that can throw me off a little bit because of travel and being convenient. So, you know, again, it's that 
back to the name of your show, being a resiliency ninja, resiliency is being able to get back up again and say, it's okay if I didn't do it for two weeks, I'll do it today. And it isn't that I fell off a wagon. It's a life happened. Life happened and I'm going to go with it. And I'm not going to beat myself up every day because I didn't do it. I'm just going to acknowledge that I'm doing the best that I can and come at it from a place of love. So that way, when you do go to add this new action or behavior, let's say it's taking your B vitamins or the probiotics, that for me, one of my first books and my first brand was called Fit to Love. And Fit to Love was all about the difference between coming at self-care from a place of shame and self-hatred versus coming at it from a place of love. You can do the same action with different energies behind it. And I recognized early on that I really hated that fitness industry and the weight loss industry because of the shaming. And I thought there's something not right about this. While I wanted to be healthy, I wanted to look good, I wanted to help people transform their body to be healthy I wasn't on board with shaming people. There was a disconnect. And what I realized over time was, you know, people can be exercising and they can look good and be miserable because they hate themselves because they think that looking good or that losing weight is a way to get love and attention. But we really have to start by going inside and loving ourselves first. So whatever the action is, let's say, like you said, taking your vitamins, if that vitamin is being consumed with the idea that if I don't take this, I'll get sick, that's a fear-based way of taking it. And unfortunately, it works for a little while. It's just not sustainable. But if I start the day going, okay, I feel really good and I want to stay feeling good, what do I need to take to stay feeling good? I'm going to love and respect myself by taking my vitamins. So when we change the energy around it, I think it becomes more sustainable because it's coming at a place of loving yourself versus reactivating every time that you have to hit a wall or you have to fall down or you have to gain 20 pounds or you have to do whatever that negative fear-based thing is for you to actually change your behavior. Very cool. The energy behind it. And you're right. That is the the motivation behind all of, like even I think about some of those magazines that you've been featured in. In many ways, you do. You look at it and you feel a sense of, I'm not good enough. And therefore, I should go to that diet that they're promoting. I should do this. I should do that because I'm not good enough. And if you can flip it, I really like that. Then it comes from a place of self-love and how can I serve myself to be the healthiest self I am today? It feels better. You're attaching and you know, there's an emotional attachment and anchoring that happens. If you, if every time you feel gross or feel like you hate yourself and then you immediately go and exercise or quote unquote diet or do something like that, it becomes an act of anchoring in the shame and anchoring in the hatred. And that's not going to be sustainable because you're going to relate that action to that feeling. And so now going to the gym feels, ugh. I mean, we all are intuitive enough to know that our value is not based on a number. We know that, but something in our brains and in society wants to tell us otherwise. And so then people become, oh, I hate exercise. I'm not going to die. And we rebel against that, which is actually good for us because we're trying to have autonomy and have self-respect. But the two aren't, ex aren't mutually exclusive. We don't know not working out is not respecting your body, but be, but if not, but not working out and not feeling shame for yourself, I get that. But we sabotage ourselves when we attach exercise or the gym or self care or eating healthfully as deprivation or self hatred or abuse or shame or shooting. And that's what I want to change because I think, like I said, it's more sustainable when you come from a place of I love my body. And I'm going to be, I'm going to treat myself like the best person, the person I love the most in the world, whether it be a child or a spouse or a parent, I'm going to give that same kind of love and respect to myself. And I'm going to recognize that self-care is a part of prevention and a part of what my body needs. And every time I do it, I want to anchor in love and respect and honor versus 
shame, self-hatred and in fear. It's amazing in society. I mean, we're seeing an increase in suicides, uh, especially with our younger generation. I don't know. I know you're down in California, I think, right? And I'm here in Canada and we are, you know, the small communities around me, they're rampant with teenage suicides and it's devastating and it's awful. And I think like, how can, like, is it even possible to get society on board with self-love? Well, that conversation, I have a very strong opinion about suicides these days and what people think is acceptable or what makes people happy. I mean, I remember somebody commenting when Robin Williams took his life that, well, if he's unhappy or if it can happen to him, what's the chance for the rest of us? And I thought, you have no idea what he's been going through. And I do a lot of astrology in my work and I quickly did his chart. And while I don't have his birth time, I was able to find out that I believe it was a cancer sun sign with a Pisces moon and a Pisces rising. Oh no, the rising, I wouldn't know without the time, but he was a Pisces sun, a Pisces moon and a cancer sun. All right, those are two water signs and they're water signs are about emotion. And Pisces is the most developed a sign of all of them because it's at the end, it's number 12. And so you put that, that sign that has everyone's good and bad stuff in the place of your emotions and someone who feels so much, they didn't necessarily have the tools. He talked a lot about having demons. And what I think is missing in society, what I think is missing in our education system is understanding the anatomy of emotion. And I have a Sag moon, so I come at things from an educated point of view and sort of break things down into the why. And I'm also a Pisces, so I feel very deeply, but I also sort of analyze it, not from a complete headspace, but from a place of understanding sort of where it fits. And what I think we unfortunately focus on too much is, again, the external, what we look like, what we have, what we're doing. And the external doesn't necessarily mean anything about what's happening on the inside of us, what our feelings are. And we don't, we rarely talk about emotions. And I followed the work of Dr. Marshall Rosenberg and I've adopted sort of a, a JJ adjusted way of doing nonviolent communication, which is a very empowering way to deal with emotion and to understand it and to break it down. People think they just feel things. Let me tell you, you don't just feel something. Feelings aren't flying in the air and you catch them. <laughs> feelings have a thought. <laughs> Hold on. Let me grab that feeling for a second. It just blew by my office. <laughs> right. Don't people just think, oh my God, I had this feeling and it must be your fault because I didn't have it before and now I have it. So it must be your fault. That's not how feelings work. But <laughs> So to really break it down and understand how feelings work empowers you to understand what you as a person, you as a unique being with your astrological profile and environment and situation need to do about it. And it's going to be different for each person, but we don't spend any time educating anybody about their own thoughts and feelings and what to do about them and to how to feel them, how to process them. So I think that's where People are just overwhelmed with feelings that they have no idea, no tools on what to do with them. And so they go, well, this is too much. Can't do this. I'm out of here. And I know that I've been through times like that. I, part of the resiliency ninja journey for me is the first domino that fell in my decade of hell was that I lost my dad, which is in life, a very normal thing to have happen. And I didn't have the tools to deal with that level of grief because we were so close and we were, he was so much a part of my life. And so I numbed out. And then when I had the surgery and I have the neuropathic pain that came into my life, I was so devastated and grieving the loss of, you know, can I do this? Can I still have a fulfilling life even with the pain? And the answer, by the way, is yes. And I was so afraid of the reality of that. I would numb out. 
And it was in going into the emotion and feeling the true depth of it and feeling, feeling it that it was able to dissipate and I was able to find that joy again. So I love what you're saying. And I wish more people would be on board with teaching this, even in our school systems and as a younger age, but also not making people feel shame like something is wrong with them, as you were saying earlier, just because they have the extra 20 pounds or something that is very external facing. And, you know, so you brought astrology into your work. Is that part of like the change of the brand? Because way back when, when we started talking about this, the Fit to Love was your first brand, but it has evolved because now you have six podcasts. You have uh, a whole bunch of books that all look incredible. How did that transition happen for you? Well, actually, my very first brand was Invisible Fitness, and it still is. And Invisible Fitness has allowed me to grow in every way because it's invisible. So it's started out as joints and and the body in terms of a structural biomechanical way. I was really into the science of exercise and form, and I still am. I'm a nutcase about, about science because there are so many trainers and people who are teaching what I call gym science, <laughs> gyms, which is like not substantiated in anything. Like you really couldn't explain that in any way that means anything. It's just something that you've heard and tried and you really have no science background. So, so in terms of that, Invisible Fitness started as a, how are you different? How are your trainers different? And then it grew into, again, everything from the endocrine system and hormones to neurotransmitters, to digestion, to food sensitivities, to the mindset and behavioral psychologies, to the spirituality and law of attraction piece and the astrological piece. So Invisible Fitness was the first brand. Fit to Love was an offset of that because I needed a story or I needed to tell my personal story in a different way. And I thought, how, because I've never been that person who lost like a hundred pounds, but I've been the person who has struggled with shame and, and self-care and someone who had body shame and who compared themselves to others. And I, and I felt my best and was at my best when I manifested my husband. And so that was sort of what my, my story became. It became that I got the best and I got, and I was in the happiest place when I was coming at self-care from a place of self-love and I attracted all really great things into my life and I didn't even need any of it. I just was attracting it because I was in such a, a high, good place. So that was the brand and that was the first book, Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of Your Life. And from the book then, the podcast was born because I needed an outlet for all my content because I have bubbling content coming out of every pore every day, every minute. <laughs> and I needed, I needed an outlet. So when I learned about podcasting, I was like, that's perfect. So I started a six day a week show, which was video and audio. And the first day was exercise, of course. This next day was cooking. And then the next four days were different themes from alternative medicine to the behavioral sciences and psychology to the law of attraction, spirituality, to relationships. And after doing two seasons and about 350 shows under the Fit to Love brand, I realized that my content for each one of those days was so specific, like exercise. I called it Movement Mondays because the alliteration was fun under Fit to Love, but movement's so general and I'm super specific. So I thought this is not, this is not a service to my brand. I'm super scientific based and most trainers really aren't. So in order to differentiate myself, I need to call it something that lends people to understand what they're walking into. And so Movement Mondays turned into smart exercise. So that's what I did for every single one of those days of the week. So each one of the days of the week has a new brand. And I just repurposed some of that content. And lo and behold, the, fun, the, the most popular show 
has been the show that I gave myself, you know, like when you do something and you're like, well, here, I'll do all of these because I should. But this one over here, I'm going to make this my guilty pleasure. I'm going to do it for myself. And that day of the week was called Freedom Fridays on the Fit to Love podcast. And Freedom Fridays was astrology and law of attraction and numerology and everything spirituality. So then that show became Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. And would you know that Spirit, Purpose, and Energy is my my most popular show with my strongest tribe. And it's been so fun and amazing and to watch it unfold and to see it take off because it's what I really want to be talking about. And it's the basis for everything that I do, no matter fucking science in food or science in the body or science in exercise. So uh, astrology has always been something I have used. I just was sort of closeted. <laughs> I was like a closeted <laughs> spiritual person. And now I'm, an, now I'm an outed spiritual and scientific person who who looks at looks at astrology and says i i would never try to give someone really specific advice without understanding their astrological blueprint that's why i looked up robin williams chart that's why i looked up uh the lead singer i forget his name right now from lincoln park who was also a pisces sun and a pisces moon when he committed suicide because i love lincoln park and he lives close by here he lived close by here in palos verdes and i was heartbroken when he took his life too but i went to see okay here we go another water, water sign, another double water person who of course is drowning in their own emotions. And if people could just learn a little bit and understand how their astrological elements and those, those different energies play into how you feel and what you, how you look at the world, it's justifying and validating that this is how you react. And then you can make choices that make sense to you instead of getting drugs, whether it be to numb out or to mask what you're feeling. And let's not, let's be really honest. Food is a drug. Oh food yeah. Is one, yeah. Food is one of the very first things people turn to, to numb out. And even if you're aware that you're numbing out, at least the consciousness of, okay, I don't, I'm feeling uncomfortable. So I'm going to go eat something. That may be where you have to start. And maybe you still, maybe you do it every once in a while. It's not, we're normal. We're human. There are things that sometimes we need coping mechanisms to get by and that's okay. As long as you're aware that that's what you're doing. But most of the people don't, have any awareness that when they're uncomfortable, they smoke or they drink or they watch TV or they're on their phones or they're constantly distracted or they overeat. And so when they're, whether it be overweight or sick or unhealthy or depressed, they have no idea how they got there. So I'm hoping that we can make a change. Absolutely. Actually, the very first step in the resiliency ninja formula is self-awareness because I think we are so off kilter on understanding our own patterns and what is driving them. And I love how you're bringing in this other element of astrology and, and really seeing at the core, how you are built. What is it that, how, how, what makes you tick? So when you, can you take us back to the time because you just kind of said it and I'm, and then we went in another direction, but I want to go back to the time when you did have body shaming, when you, we're comparing yourself to others. What, what did that feel like? And what was your pattern? And then how did you actually flip it to come to a place of self-love? Because I, I think a lot of people are living that right now. Well, I won't lie. I, I still have it from time to time if I let myself go there. You know, in terms of law of attraction, you get what you focus on, whether you want it or not. So if I'm looking, let's say I'm in a state of 
I'm, I'm off. I'm out of alignment with myself today. And I start to troll the internet or I'm looking around or I see some posts or ads from other people in a similar field who are seemingly doing well. All right. If I continue down that path, I've created a negative momentum. That's just not going to take me anywhere productive. Right. And I can, and and I, and I could easily go there, but it's so part of, I'm going to use your show word again. Part of it, part of the resiliency is understanding and being aware of that. That's a choice that if I spend any more time talking about thinking about or looking at that, I'm going to end up feeling worse than I feel now. And how do I, how do I kind of get a hold of that? If there's something I need to express because something has happened, I'm not for stuffing emotions. That's not what this is about. But just like if you are sitting next to a fire and, and it sparked and it land and a spark landed on your shirt and you flicked it off really fast, it wouldn't have any probably permanent damage. Probably maybe a little bit of a mark, but probably nothing at all. But if you actually watched it just burn and you didn't flick it away, it could create a fire and you'd catch on fire and you'd burn your sleep, right? Because you allowed it to sit there and fester. So if you have so, sort of that random, like you're looking around looking for things to get upset about, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can kind of flick yourself back into coming back within. So how do I continue on a regular basis to sort of come back within and to accept? Acceptance is a practice acceptance and love and surrender and and trust are all something used, but it's something that you do need to practice so that it becomes more natural. And so for me, during those years, I mean, even to date, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the fitness industry and I'm not a bodybuilder. And not that I wouldn't necessarily mind maybe taking six months to a year to sort of focus on that for a little while, although I know me, I've already done it. <laughs> I do a 12-week program and then I rebel at the end of it, not because not because anybody is watching me or because there's any expectation placed for me from anybody else, just my own internal rebellion against the idea that why am I doing this? It's not about what you look like on the outside. It's not about, I mean, yes, there's, there's, we all care about being healthy, but when it comes to every day being able to accept once again, it's again, coming from that place of love, being able to remind myself, look, you're going through some life transitions and big things are happening and this isn't normal you know, you haven't found your grounding yet. So what can you do? Finding what can you do? So the body shame is not completely gone. It doesn't mean I, doesn't mean I walk out of my house wearing, you know, I'm naked and like, Hey, everybody, like, that's not, <laughs> Super right? I mean, look at me. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just being able to like, when those thoughts creep up of comparison to go back into what I truly believe is that we all are here on our unique paths and journeys. And this is where I am right now. And if someone wants to judge me based on what I look like or what they think I should look like based on my profession, that's their, that's their issue, not mine. They're not the kind of people that I'm interested in having conversations with. And they're definitely not the people who are being interested in me because I'm all about the integration of all the pieces and all the parts. And my body, while I love it and will get back to better care of it very soon, uh, I mean, not that I, every day, every week I do self-care things and I do exercise. It's just not to my standards right now. Let's unpack that a little because you are going through life change. Are you open to sharing with us what's going on? Sure. Sure. Um, when will this be published? (laughs) (laughs) I can hold off if you'd like. Well, yeah, there's some, there's some announcements to be made. So that's why I'm holding back. I'm normally an open book. No, I, on April 8th, 
of this year, I finally surrendered to what had been going on in my relationship and told my husband that if he, I asked him if he wanted to be married anymore. And he, I knew he didn't, but he didn't know that I knew he wanted out for as long as he had wanted out. And I did everything I could to save and to, you know, do all my work, all the work I've been doing for the last 10 years and all the things I've learned. It's been perfect, perfect journey for me to be standing where I am today. I'm very grateful for all of it. But it still begged the question if I have a partner who isn't all in and who doesn't want to do the work and who doesn't think it should be this hard for him and doesn't want to take any, let's say, responsibility for his stuff that he came in for, came in with. And so I asked him, well knowing that he, he wanted to quit. And I said, do you want to be married anymore? And he said, well, I don't think it should be so hard. I said, okay. I said, I understand that. I go, I, you know, the issue is that I feel like it's fixable, but I can't be the only one doing it. And I've done literally, I've exhausted more than any human. I would like to meet the person who's done more than me in terms of literally from the things you do on yourself, the law of attraction work, the own, my own therapy work to, you know, please, like I, I'm, I've done it all. I feel good about my efforts, but I can't do this without you. And so we had that conversation and basically on the 8th and the benefit that what came out of that when I finally surrendered to, and I had known for months and I had processed silently and I had done work silently. And this was the first time I was I was confronting him with it. And it was a very pleasant conversation. We both cried and we both, you know, acknowledged that, you know, we just both believe different things. And, and that was sad and that sucked, but this is what it was. And not even two hours later did I get a text message from someone else who's a friend of mine, who you know very well, who is going through something similar and said, I need to talk to you. Uh, I need help. And my wife left me today. And I said, well, there's something. Oh my something- gosh. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, but I know who, but I'm not going to say it all. <laughs> right. <gasps> You're the girl. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you. So yeah. So I mean, I, I've totally manifested exactly what I wanted in a relationship, not expecting it to be in another person. I thought it was going to come out of my husband. So, so let's just say that in very short period of time, there's been just a huge upheaval of, of uh, my husband moving out, my new boyfriend moving in, traveling for a month and being living out of a suitcase, and then just dealing with all of comes along with that. And throughout that, I've, I've eaten the foods I don't normally eat. Uh, not I've been gluten free for ten years, but and I've eaten gluten maybe once in this last three months. But uh, dairy, I stay away from dairy, and I've had that like, every week because of travel. I didn't pack my food, so my life is completely thrown off. And and again, that resiliency and self love, you have to come back to that it's going to be okay. It's going to be, it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to be. And in the meantime, what can you do about it? So that's, so that's the story. I'm glad you're excited. It'll be out more publicly soon. We're planning it because, you know, there's other people involved. And sure. I, I want to share the story with my tribe because I've now manifested twice an amazing love. And I also believe that the first one was absolutely meant to be in the exact way and timing based on sacred contracts and. And second, same thing with the second one. It couldn't have happened any differently than it did. And no. Even though you knew with your first husband for months, you didn't ask the question until he was free. Isn't that phenomenal? Well, I didn't ask the question until, right. I asked, I didn't know. Your first question. Right, right. right. You didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea that they were in that place and he had no idea I was in the place I was in. So when we actually chatted two hours later after my husband and I had this conversation, he said, I had no idea about what was going on with you. I said, well, and I had no idea you were like 
going to be in the position you're in. And we were friends. And the next thing you know, now we're not. And, uh, and now we're together. And, but anyway, and there were little things along the way and the great story of all kinds of manifestations. So, so full circle here, again, coming back to the, the whole idea of self-love and self-care and resiliency, you have to, it's not always going to look perfect. It's not always going to look the way you think it needs to look. And you have to be able to take a step back and say, there's a bigger thing happening here. And so that's okay. I'm, I'm going to be off balance for a little while. And how do I handle that? Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't say, well, I should have been doing this. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I'm being so lazy. I'm not exercising. That isn't how I'm handling it at all because you have to decide that, don't worry, you'll get back on track once you find your new rhythm, once you find your new space, when you figure out how things work, when you start living together and you figure that whole thing out, you know, so it's one step at a time. But if it's not coming from love, then you're going to struggle and you're going to want to numb out and you're going to be frustrated. You're not going to be able to, to, to enjoy all the little things along the way. Well, and it, it's just so powerful to hear you say that because I think that we do go into that, the personal attack ads, and I call it the internal messenger bullshit that will say you're lazy, you're, you know, all those things in that self-deprecation. And then to quickly recognize that you're going into that mode and shift the conversation. No, right now I'm supporting my healing. Right now I'm exploring something new in my life and taking new direction. So uh, it sounds like you're doing a really great job of channeling your inner resiliency ninja during this tough time. And you've got great people around you, including a new fantastic fella who I won't say his name, but I'm excited. I knew there was a story. I know the other side of the story. I didn't know you were the one because he didn't tell me your name. So how fun is that? It's very fun. It's, it's, we're working, we're working towards it, but you know, we're still in that sort of let's let the, all the other stuff die down and you know, people can catch up and I'm about to do a, a show on it myself and tell my community and write a blog post with all the different videos. We have a video we shot and I have a video I shot to my community. So I, I've been like, like slowly giving it to friends and letting them know. And, uh, but it really is a testament to the work that I've done. And I couldn't have done the work without my husband because he provided me the contrast. And so looking at life and back to the empowerment side of things and, and really taking things on consciously and, and deciding how you're going to live your life. If you look at things like that stuff just happens to you and you, you, you were you know, given a bad hand or something bad happened, then it's probably going to f- always feel bad. You'll feel like maybe there's something wrong with you because it didn't work out the way you thought it was. If you flip that completely, and I'm a real big fan of always doing it because I think it always feels better to decide, well, this bad thing happened. How did I attract it? And not because I did something bad, but because what am I supposed to learn from it? What am I supposed to get out of it? Where is this pushing me to that's better than where I was? You know, one of my good friends who's also a very popular podcaster, she lost her parents pretty early on. And, and it was based on health stuff. And now she's got a health-based podcast affecting so many lives all over the world and has a purpose way beyond anything she could ever imagined prior to this happening. And so while, of course, it sucks to lose your parents and she misses them every day and there's other issues that come along with that, her purpose is so clear. Her passion is so, is so focused. And now she can make a great change in the world and feel good about that because of, because of that. Well, and I think, and you know, so many of us who are out there doing it, that's what I've done, right? I had a horrible surgery, it got botched. And now the resiliency ninja message would not exist if I hadn't have lost six people in uh, a really quick period of time, if I hadn't have had the eight surgeries, if I hadn't have had all the injuries, right? 
So I think for the listeners, like, let's put a staccato note on this. As JJ is saying, it's a choice. You can choose to become a victim of your circumstances, or you can choose to become as I like to call it, a resiliency ninja. And that's a great place to wrap up. Love chatting with you, JJ. Some great insights, great advice. Thank you so much for being here. Tell our listeners where they can find you and connect with you. JJFlazanes.com is really the best. It's JJFLIZANES.com. And there's a bar on the website that says free tools and resources. I know you were mentioning the, the manifestation challenge. The next one is coming up in August. So if anyone's interested in that, just go to the blue bar and click on free tools and resources and sign up for the 30 day manifestation challenge. I don't know when the next one will be. They're not on any kind of schedule, but, uh, but that would be a great place to connect with me or just learn more about anything else I have. So jjflazanes.com. Awesome. I will be sure to get those email or that uh, URL in the address or in the show notes below this podcast. So you can definitely connect with JJ there. I encourage you to do that and also connect with me at r-ninja.com. If you loved this episode, please don't ever miss an interview or one of my Facha Fridays. Uh, definitely subscribe on your favorite iTunes or favorite podcast, you know, wherever you like to get them platform. And if you're open to it, also please leave a review, which is separate than giving us five stars. Actually write something down. Tell us what you're learning, what you're loving about this podcast. That's how people get to know that it's fun to be here. So thank you again, JJ. And to the listeners, when obstacles come at you, choose to embrace your inner resiliency ninja. Thank you for tuning in to Resiliency Ninja with Allison Graham. We are thrilled to have you as part of our community. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always connect with Allison at r-ninja.com and find important links to show notes. Thanks for listening. Until next time, embrace whatever obstacles come your way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.